Hi, and welcome back to the Local 636 Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Akers. Today, we're joined by Angel Magasano of Little Black Book. Before we get to her, I wanted to keep you up to speed and do some housekeeping stuff on Local 636 and kind of let you know what's going on. Um, we've got Lindenwood tailgate parties coming up, so we're going to be at every Lindenwood home game. Um, I've got you're season be, tickets. You've got season tickets? I do. It's going to be fun. They're Division One this year, um, so awesome. that should be really exciting. Yeah, they're trying to They're trying to pump up. Everything They're creating and, an entire yeah. environment around the tailgate. Really neat. Yeah, so um, we're going to be there before every game tailgating. We're going to have, obviously, local 636 merch. Uh, we're going to have some giveaways and some prizes and some fun stuff. So come see us there. Uh, we will also be at the Cottleville Witches Night Out. Be there, too. Which is on October 8th. Yes. October 8th. I believe it's a sold-out event. So, it is sold out. Uh, 3,000 sold out. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, First year of doing it. Uh, we're going to be there as well reason I mentioned those things, people always ask, where can I get merch? Where can I buy stuff? You can buy at those events. We also are live online. We have our online store finally opened up. So if you go to our website, local636.com and go to the shop tab, it'll take you to our online store and you can get whatever you want. Go nuts in there. Just go crazy. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. <laughs> well, Jack Buck action. That's right. Um, follow us on socials. We've got our Instagram handle is local.636. We've got our Facebook group is local636. Um, so follow us on socials. That's going to be the easiest way to kind of keep up with what's going on. Um, subscribe to this podcast. I'm going to put all that stuff in the links, but usually there's like a plus sign in the corner, those three dots. You can find it. If you're listening to this podcast, these people know how to do it. You should be able to subscribe, follow, follow, follow like subscribe, all that stuff. Share. Also want to shout out Let's Groove Studio. Um, we've got angel number two or angel boy, number one, boy angel, boy angel like back at the helm. Um, and what an incredible space we have. Um, we talked about it last week, but um, what a great space. And we've got the logo and the, the sounds good and the mics are nice. The opposite of how it was in my home. Um, and so what a great place. And thanks to Angel for um, this space to record and to produce and edit. So Let's Groove Studio is open. If you are a podcast host or you're wanting to do a podcast, this is a great place to do it. It really is. Uh, and Angel's great. And so is this whole his entire team. So accommodating. Super easy to work with. Um, it's nice to do it from the comfort of your own home, but there's some a level of professionalism that isn't there when you do that. Talked about professionalism. <laughs> and so uh, Let's Groove Studio, I'll put the information in that link too. They also own Let's Groove Entertainment, which if you guys have been anywhere out in St. Charles at any kind of party, you've seen them. Um, We've used them. Yeah. They're fantastic. Doing a great They've job. Used the entire Burbash in 2021. Awesome. Yeah. And they will in 2022. And let me tell you, I just have a shout out because they deal with my crazy and they're able to hone it down and deal with the creative side and make it executable. So very easy to work with. Lots of shout outs for Boy Angel over here. And his um, team. And his team, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Boy Angel's solo today, but um, we've got hands uh, across the country working on this. So those are the housekeeping things. Thanks for checking us out. Again, like, subscribe, follow, do all those things so you can uh, keep up with what's going on. And now, without further ado, Angel Magasano yes, of fans. Little Black Book. Yay. Hi. We can post, put some applause in there maybe, Yay. make it feel good. We need to build that in. Listen, we need yeah, to build I that into the board. I don't need the fake applause to make me feel good. <laughs> it's I'm, not fake. Good. It's not I'm fake. People are clapping at home. This is just so everyone can feel like they're not alone when they're doing it, right? Um, so, Angel Magasano, thanks for coming on. Hi, Ed. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your story. I want to get into Little Black Book, which okay. I think is amazing. Thank you. So let's start at birth. No, I'm just kidding. Let's. <laughs> so my real name is Angelique, and I was named after a witch. 
So back in the 60s. This there is was, real. Yes. Okay. In the 60s, there was a British soap opera called um, Dark Shadows. Okay. And it was about this vampire named Barnabas. And Barnabas was bewitched by this witch named Angelique. And my mother was infatuated with the witch named Angelique. And she named me after Angelique. So I am named after a witch. Was that tough in school? Because that's it's not a hard name, but it is. We talked about this before we were rolling. Is it like... More than three syllables. Like sometimes people just give up on your so name. So I never, ever, ever in my life have been addressed by Angelique. Okay. Unless I was in big trouble. Until now and going forward by me. Right. Okay. Yeah. You, you permission granted. I love it. Um, my dad addressed me as his little angel from birth and that's what stuck. Okay. So I've been angel forever. It, that's a difficult name too. Um, oh, because like angle, like people want to go like A-N-G-L-E. Oh, no, no, not because of that, because angel is a stripper name. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've. Have you dealt with that in your life as also, well? When, people, so when I was an adolescent <laughs> in fifth grade, the Jay Giles band released Angel as the Centerfold, right? Let oh, me yeah, tell you sure. how many times I had my, my blood bra runs cold. strapped oh. to Angel as the Centerfold. Oh. No, hey, listen. I'm not traumatized by it. It's fine. Angel will be the centerfold one day, and I will share the pictures with you. But, I mean, it's a, there's a whole thing around the name sure. Angel. And there's you were like, in, like, middle school when that came out? Just approaching. Okay. Fifth, Interesting. Fifth, sixth grade, right? Did any repercussions for being an angel did growing you, up? No, he's saying no. Did you have anybody know, mess with you with Angel as a centerfold? No? I didn't have any. Ed's, Ed's tough. There's a lot of unfortunate things that rhyme with Ed. Um, <laughs> not that the things are unfortunate, but it's very easy to rhyme with. And so I got a lot of so that stuff. So how were you bullied? Just, how was I bullied? Were oh, you bullied that's because another of your episode. name? Or? No, I was bullied because I was a nerd, I think. No. Probably probably the main reason. <laughs> but but uh, don't you just want to push it down on their face right now? Like, I was a nerd maybe then, but look at me now. Yeah, that may that may even happen. Um, it's just, yeah. You're waiting for your grandstand? No, I, no, I no, no. I want to have no. a front row seat for the grandstand. That's what I want. The grandstand is me just living my life how I want, I think, and just kind it's, of being myself. It's the best revenge, right? Yeah, and, that, and it wasn't because of my name, but I did. It is like an old man name. My dad has the same name, and so, okay. you know, Edward growing up is not like. All right. I, I grew up in the J era. Joshua, Jason, Justin, Jeremy. I mean, I have so many friends named Josh and Justin. It's like it's it's hard to keep tabs on. Mm-hmm. So Ed was just kind of an oddball name then. Okay. Um, let's talk about you and not your name. Okay. Let's talk about LBB Little Black Book. So you started that. We were talking in 2011, 12. 10, 12, one of those years. Yeah. And how did you? So we talked a little bit before about you were a stay at home mom. You were in the corporate world for ten years, which is right. kind of very similar to my story. Um, did you bounce around or were you with one company? I was with only a couple. So okay. um, I was raised really to, I was the first person to get a degree in my family. Black belt. Yeah. So um, I got a degree, but I was really raised to get married, have family, be happy, sure. get home, do all the things, you know, all of the things that I think were stereotypical to the late 50s, early 60s, and that entire era. And I did those things. Um, so my first job out of college, like I could have gone, I graduated with a degree in communications management with a comprehensive degree. Mm-hmm. And it's basically public relations. Sure. 
And um, I was being recruited by Hallmark, which is in Kansas City. Okay. And I thought that's their headquarters is Kansas City. City. I didn't realize that. And I thought I'm not even going to go and interview for this job because I'm going to get married and I'm going to get married, have a family, have a house, live the life that I'm supposed to live. So, I mean, a lot of times I do wonder what my life would be like if I would have just been strong enough or self-aware enough or self-confident enough to just go for it. Yeah. Interesting. But I didn't do any of those things. Okay. Uh, City. I kind of want to reset, and I didn't. I did a terrible job of explaining what you even do. This is Angel Magasano with Little Black Book, and what is? I would say it's a. I would say it very simply, it's a women's networking organization. Yeah, I know right. it's so much more than that, obviously. It really but is. It's, so it's more than networking. So Little Black Book is really a business development agency, and as we grow and move forward. We are leaning very seriously into the business development side of female entrepreneurs. So, um, yeah, there is a lot of networking. And there's a lot of connections events. There's a lot of um, self-development. There's a lot of charity work. But really what we are leaning into as we grow into the future is that one piece of business development. So we're looking for women who are entrepreneurs or they need to build a book of business and um, we have a couple of different options for those women. Do they just need to be connected and stay connected in the um, in the marketplace, or do they need to work on their business? Because we're going to have programs for each one of those lanes. Yeah. So it's more than just like, hey, this is some women getting together to network and trade business cards. I mean, you've yeah. built a professional organization that is building up these women and teaching and coaching and sharing and kind of the whole iron sharpens iron thing of just building up, building them up to be what they can be. It really is an abundance mindset, right? And there's so much to be had. Um, And it's not about trading business cards. It's really about empowering female professionals to elevate to where they aspire to be. So wherever our whole vision is to meet women wherever they are in their journey. Just starting seven-figure business already, we have we have the gamut. Mm-hmm. Where are you, but where do you want to be? So let's try to get you the confidence, the resources, and the education to get you to where you want to be, to where you aspire to be. Like, who can we put you in the room with that's going to make you elevate to where you want to be? So that's what we're really doing. It seems like such a simple concept, right? Like, I mean, it does. And not say, that doesn't mean it's easy and that doesn't mean anyone could have done it. But it seems like when you, it's one of those things when you hear, it's like when you hear about a new product and you're like, oh, well, duh, why didn't that, why hasn't that existed for the last 50 years? Mm-hmm. Well, because no one thought of it. You thought of this. It seems like such a simple thing to come up with, yeah. right? I mean, there's, there have been these organizations that have existed for men for probably the beginning of time, I would imagine, or, or that it just happens naturally or whatever, right? Um, but there's not been one specifically. No, and I, I can't even address that statement because I haven't done any research to know what's been available to men. Sure. What I know is what is available in my community and what I have emulated myself after versus what the vision truly is. 
So I know that I've done a lot of things that kind of emulate what I feel like people want, even though it might be a little bit different than what I want to give to people. So it's like trying to put a square peg into a round hole, right? But there is room for innovation and disruption in the marketplace. And so what I'm trying to bring to the marketplace is that platform of a safe space for women to lean in, be vulnerable about their aspirations and their ambitions and not be laughed at about it. Yeah. When I think I say that because in your in your talking of a little bit of your history, you were talking about how you were raised to be kind of a stay-at-home mom, right? Yeah. And and during oh, that definitely. era. Oh, definitely. Listen, I was, and I was the best stay-at-home mom ever. Sure. But, I mean, and during that era, that's kind of what it was for women, right? So there was not really, not that there wasn't a reason, but it just didn't happen where women would get together to build each other up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just something for men that happens naturally. When I get together with my boys, uh, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of other stuff going on, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of that iron sharpens iron thing of like, hey, how are you doing this? Like, how'd you get, how'd you get to here? How'd you do that? You know? And I think that has just happened naturally because I think maybe a competitive nature or whatever it is. And when you talk about that of, you know, you being raised to be a stay-at-home mom and being a kick-ass stay-at-home mom, but then how can you translate that into, into the workforce? And then how can you help other people do the same thing? And when I was in the corporate world, I was, um, one of several women in a very high-powered corporate marketing group. But I was the only woman that was married and the only one that had children. So all of the women were extremely ambitious, which is a good thing. It's a great quality, right? But the culture of the corporation that we worked for was who's going to – survival of the fittest – Who's going to win? Who's going to tear down who to climb up and get to the next level? And that was not for me. So that's why I stepped out of the corporate world, which led from, you know, I was making a good salary in 2003, almost six figures in 2003, which is, a God, sure. you know, yeah. a lot of money, to nothing, to zero, right? And so I found in that my why, Right. There's no reason why women have to be that way to one another. There's abundance for everyone. So if we lean in together and build one another up, and if you don't have the resources or the confidence or what is what's where's the hole that I can fill for you so that you can achieve the next level and the next level, and the next one until you're where you want to be. Have you found is that is that hard to get people to that mindset? Um, or is that something that you think just kind of happens when, when you guys get, when you ladies get together, is that something that just kind of happens or are you having to, yeah, I say that generally, but I catch myself sometimes. That's good. Um, I think that it really, it's very psychosomatic and that people have different views on that. Even coming into the group, like women have different, ideals based on their upbringing of what should be and how it should be but our messaging is the same all the time so you're going to find a place here and you're going to thrive or you'll be like oh, this is not for me right and you're, you're either going to figure it out or out okay yeah. um something else i was curious about curious about and i think you may have answered it inadvertently 
Um, and I don't want to answer it for you, but I was going to ask kind of how, how did the idea come about? How did this come about? But it sounds like my guess is that this isn't something that you just woke up and thought about. This is something that had been on you, right? This is something that is LBB is you. It it's is. not, it's not like you just woke up and you're like, ah, oh, this is a good idea. Right. It was. Booyah. Here right, we go. right, right, right. Enterprise. It was like, I mean, I'll let you tell, but it was probably who you were and it just took years of working and Mm -hmm. this happening and this happening to kind of reveal it. Yeah. Well, I think that it took me a long time to understand that I had an entrepreneurial spirit. My father was an entrepreneur. That's a good pronunciation, by the way. A lot of people just stumble over that. It's a tough word. Thank you. (laughs) Um, My, my father was an entrepreneur and as an entrepreneur, he said to me, always take somebody else's money. Please do not go into this line of work because it's so difficult to generate your own money from nothing. Mm. So much easier to take somebody else's money. And interesting. I thought, I always do that. I yeah. Always take somebody else's <laughs> money, right? I'm never Sign gonna me up. I watch my dad, you know, suffer through yeah. entrepreneurial. What did he do? He owned a printing company. Okay. He owned a printing company. And it put me through college, and eventually he sold it and went back to work for the man. And that's when he said, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> that's when he said, don't be an entrepreneur? Don't or be don't, an entrepreneur. Is when do he was not, done? Yes. That's interesting to me. See, yeah. I don't think I could go back to. Well, I don't think I can either because yeah. I feel like my lifestyle, I, I, I've built my life now around being an entrepreneur. Right. And I see all of the advantages of that lifestyle and all the freedom of time. So to me, freedom of time is the most important asset. Sure. So wealth and financial stability is important to me and um, always seeking that is important. But what's more important to me is my freedom of time. When they're not printing any more time, right? print money but time is a finite thing it is yeah it is and i feel like the older i get and the more seasoned i get that's where my that's where my my whole focus is right my time my freedom of time my spending of time with my people and my family and my friends and the people that i want to spend time and have experiences with that's the most important thing sure so let's circle back to your question okay yeah i was going to bring it back so yeah, it was, we were talking about just LBB and it being kind of kind of in you. And so how did that how did that come out? How did that come to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I left my corporate job. Um, I feel like I could do an entire podcast episode sure. on why I left my corporate job. But I feel like a lot of women that I'm engaged with that have worked in their corporate jobs and left have a similar experience. Um, left that. And, but as a, an entrepreneurial spirit and also someone who was always busy, I had to find something to fill my time. Like I left my job specifically to be a stay at home mom and care for my children who were struggling through life because my corporate life, my corporate life was so busy and so demanding that they just were afterthoughts. So I left all of that to put, pour all of my energy into them. In that, I started making cakes as a hobby okay. and built a very successful cake decorating business where I um, I had won some national awards for cake design. Really? Yes. 
Um, it was in the early days of the Ace of Cakes and the Cake Boss and the big, you know, multi-tiered cakes that are fun and covered and all of the things. And I'm a creative cat, so I was really good at that. And I'm also good at sales, so I was good at selling them as well. But I didn't know what I didn't know about the business behind all of it. So that's what led me to sort of engage other women in the area. Like, what can you tell me that I don't know about running a business? And that's how Little Black Book started, was just the gathering of ideas. Can you share your ideas with me? Because I've got this going and it's a hobby, and it's a business, but I need it to be my business. So were you meeting, you would just gather a few women who you maybe knew and liked and respected, and you would meet for coffee or drinks or whatever, and just brainstorm and just pick brains and do that? so it started that way, and it was, so Facebook at the time was really new. We're talking... um, Like 2012, is when 2011, 2012... Maybe even as far back as 2010. But so it was It was new. It was, it was the time uh, when Facebook was live and you could go all the way back mm-hmm. to where you left off reading your feed mm. and read all of the mm-hmm. updates. It was that long ago. Yeah. Um, so we, being a marketing person, I was able to engage in social media and learn about that and deal with it. But... I was also putting flyers up at the local St. Louis Bread Company saying, we're going to have a coffee and connections meeting on this date. Please come and meet me. That's Panera for the younger generation. That's right. We Panera. call it Breadco. <laughs> Bread, Breadco. <laughs> we'll just go with the Breadco. But, I mean, there were a lot of days that I would sit there by myself for 20 minutes, and then I would say, all right, well, nobody's coming. I'm out of here. Oh, to a thing that you had, like, invited people to. Sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. How many times did you think that happened? Hmm. I don't know. Hey, a, a dozen. Yeah. A dozen ish. I love that resiliency to to bounce back and just go. All right. Well, no one showed up. We'll try again next week. The fact that you did that twelve times is amazing to me. And it is deflating, right? Sure. It's deflating, and it. Um, but I believed in what I was doing. Yeah. You know, and there were some times that my friend Adrian Swanson would show up. And I'm like, Yay! Look mm-hmm. at us. We're gonna talk it out. It's just the two of us, but at least we're here. And yeah. then there would be a third person. We're like, yay, look at us. There's somebody else that engaged. And so and she would bring people and I would bring people. And it just organically happened. Yeah. But there were a lot of days that it did not happen. Sure. I remember we talked a little bit before this, uh, a mutual friend, Chad Wilson, who I started in BNI with. We started our own BNI, which for the lay person is a business networking group where there's one of each profession. Yes. So to encourage referrals mm-hmm. between partners. Right. So um, I'm in a profession as an insurance agent where there's, it's very hard to get in because an insurance agent, a realtor, or the other uh, mortgage, mortgage and a financial advisor yeah. are going to get a lot of business out of there because that's what happens. So Chad Wilson and I started our own group. Um, I knew him through a mutual friend, but I remember him bringing up your name and this is in gosh, 2011, 2012 when I started right. and was telling me the concept and uh, I just was kind of thought it was cool back then. And I didn't know you and didn't know you till, you know, many years later, but you know, that whole time you're just, you're just building. And I think you said no to BNI, which at the time I thought, I mean, of course I'm, I'm, I know it all right. I'm in business one year and I'm 30 freaking years old. And I'm like, Oh, she's not joining BNI. I mean, but you did your own thing. 
Yeah. Like you, you blazed your own trail and then you couldn't have joined BNI. I mean, you could have, but that would not have been beneficial. It would not have been a good use of your time. And to have that, I guess, foresight and just to, it just blows me away that you sat through 12 or whatever, however many times people didn't yeah. show up, you know, it would have been so I mean, to be To be fair, I was still making and selling cakes well, sure. at the same time. It wasn't until 2014 that I sold all of that equipment and everything off. Um, but I'll tell you this. If I knew then what I know today, I would be making high seven figures in that industry just in here baking. in our region. Sure. Right. Just being the premier preferred vendor yeah. for all of the beautiful you know, wedding establishments that we have in our, in our region. Yeah. But I didn't know that then. Well, yeah. And that, that can only come with time and networking and building your building relationships. I call it being seasoned. Being seasoned. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know. And I was, I was working illegally out of my home, which now you can get a license to bake and make out of your home. But at the time you could not. Interesting. I don't call that illegal. I just call that we're just oh, not, I was, I was we're just not operating illegally, 100%. <laughs> you probably didn't have the correct homeowner's insurance policy either to cover if something would have happened. I'm sure yeah. I didn't. I'm sure I didn't. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about insurance. <laughs> um, everyone's favorite subject. So when did it, so, okay, that was kind of, you kind of answered my next question. So you're starting this in 2012. You're still baking. You're still trying to figure out this LBB thing and just kind of maybe meeting whenever you can, or was it a frequent, was we, it a... We did it once a month. Okay. We did it once a month, and then when we had enough people that were meeting consistently, that's when we implemented an evening event. So we would have a Coffee and Connections event, we would have a Wine and Workshop event, and we would do each one of those once a month, and we were pretty consistent. And... Um, are we talking, what, 10, 10, 15 people, 20? 10. 10, yeah. Yeah, 10. But you've got a base... And you're building and you're, you're building in some consistencies and mm-hmm. some, maybe not rules, but like, this is kind of how we do this. Right. This is what we some, do. Yeah. Some protocols. Yeah. And yeah, I think it really was a couple of years before we implemented any type of protocols other than we're going to have a coffee and connections meeting. We're going to have a wine and workshop meeting. Our entire mission is to share um, ideas and share best practices, right? And make sure that we have... We're, we're there for one another, and whether it's confidence or resources or education, you know, that you need, someone in the room has that, and they can give it to you. Yeah. And that's how we were all moving forward together. What I love about your story, and you've said it a couple times, is you've said the word disruption. And for me, that's that's my vibe on Local 636. And, like, part, one, of our, one of our, like, hashtags is make a scene. And to me, that's what that's all about. I love it. And it's like, let's let's do something different. Like, I have these ideas. I have these things. Like, yeah, there's, there's status quo, and that's working, and that's doing fine, and that's even fine for most people. But I want to get in here, and if you're not, I don't want to say that. To me, if, to me, if we're not doing something different, then what's the point? It's a yes-first mentality, right? It's a growth mentality and a yes-first mentality. What's next? What's new? What can we do? Mm-hmm. What can we embrace? It's awesome. So I'd love to claim this for myself, but I have to attribute it to its source. Uh, my daughter, Danielle, whom I'm incredibly proud of, uh, she gave a keynote speech at her honors banquet graduation. And um, the whole speech was centered around throwing away the box 
So we've always been told, think out of the box, think outside the box, think outside the box. What if there is no box? Mm. You know, there doesn't have to be a box that you think outside of. Mm -hmm. Just think freely. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea. And I think that you and I both have that vibe in terms of innovation and disruption Mm -hmm. that, and that's not a negative thing, like disruption, not in a negative way, but let's bring something new and innovative to the marketplace. You know, when I was, um, when I was, not that I came up with make a scene, obviously, but when I was going through my head and what would sound right, I bounced it off a couple friends and got mostly positive feedback, but I did have one friend who, cause I just said, tell me what you think about this phrase. Right. And mostly, mostly positive. But this one guy was like, man, it makes me think of when, you know, I'm taking my kids to the grocery store and they don't get the piece of candy they wanted and they <laughs> oh, made a scene. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I wouldn't even think about it that way. And I'm not saying that that's like negative processing, but there is, there is that side of it of disruption where it's not a good thing. But I think most people see that as a, in the world that we live in today, I think that's seen as welcome and it's definitely more accepted sure. um, to do that. So yeah. When did you get from uh, the part that I'm super interested in too is getting from there's 10 of us. We do once a month coffee, once a month in the evening or whatever that looks like to chapters. Like how many chapters do you have now? 10. 10. So that's not true. Okay. We have nine chapters. We're getting ready. trying to lie? We're getting. So in my mind, I already have 10. (laughs) 10 coming. Okay. We have nine chapters. We will launch our 10th before the end of the year. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, everything turned a corner and I can, I really can pinpoint the, the time and place. Uh, Streetscape magazine was a big, big, big deal in St. Charles County. Sure. And um, they had an event called Aquatica, which was a fashion event, which they had several fashion events, but I think this was the first fashion event that they had. Can't remember the year it was held at. Uh, Ameristar, um, Tom Hannigan, who is a a friend of my friend Jeannie's mm-hmm. and then a friend of mine, was willing to be open to my mission and what I was trying to do. He gave us vendor space at this event. Along with that came um, an obligation for us to show up. So I took my 10 to 15 women and we said, we are going to show up at this social business event and we're all going to wear black dresses. Like every single one of us, we're like, it was a pact. We're in black dresses. We're going to be photographed on their step and repeat. We're going to have our little vendor space and we want everybody talking about what's the deal with the women in the black dresses. And that's exactly what happened. And that's where the whole thing turned a corner. You made a scene. We made a scene. That's awesome. And so that just got you the attention of what is this? What's happening? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? That's right. And people started to come to you to, to Tom printed photos of us in his magazine, which is obviously was obvi- you know was distributed to everybody in yeah. St. Charles County. So it was the very beginning of that chipping away of hey, this is something that's happening, and we should take notice of it. And how did you? Let's talk about scalability, scalability, because that's another part that I find interesting in that you've got your 10 to 15 women. Um, so more women start to take interest, start to mm-hmm. take notice and start showing up to your yeah. events. Yeah. And then at what point do you say, OK, this is this is really fun. Right. But this is almost 
probably to a point of non-productive. Yeah. Right? If you've got 30 people there, it's probably hard to get your objectives done. So at what point do you split out and how did that look? So all the time. So I think the first, um, our first chapter split off in 2014. So two years after we had been going at it. So at the time we had a chapter in Western St. Charles County and another one in Eastern St. Charles County. Um, from there, and listen, along the way, I've made a thousand mistakes. But now we are able to understand how to systemize and support the development of a chapter in outlying areas, Edwardsville, Belleville, Arnold, Missouri. They're outside the hometown region. So growth outside of the hometown region is what we're really focused on because we have something very special um, that I'm not sure I can articulate or anyone can articulate. It's more of a feel than it is something that I can say, here's the benefit, here's the value proposition. Mm -hmm. This is more of a, this is, I get what I need from going to these events. And so 2014 was the first time that we were able to break apart. Since then, we made lots of mistakes. Sure. But now we have that system in place that we can say, if if you're in Jefferson City and you want to bring our culture, our value system, what we have to your community, let's have a conversation because we have a system to support you. What was the first one outside of St. Charles County? Do you Um, remember? The first one outside of St. Charles County was Chesterfield. Chesterfield, okay. And then what was the first one? I didn't know you were out of state as well. When did that happen? Uh, 2020. Okay, so kind of recent. Right before the pandemic. In okay. February of 2020, we grew into at Edwardsville. And then you've got two, you, I think you mentioned another Illinois location as well, or another Illinois group. So that's the only group we have in Illinois currently, okay. but that's that's our growth opportunity right there. Is Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big... It's right outside the St. Louis metro. And it's a it's a city kind of similar to St. Charles, I would say, right? Very in much size so. Madison in, County and St. Clair County and the whole, that whole corridor between the river bend. And it really is set up very similar to St. Charles County. I will say that St. Charles County is pretty unique in its way. Yeah, this that is the 606, not the 618 podcast, right, okay? That's right. <laughs> but it's so collaborative, like everyone involved, the municipalities, the first responder community, yeah the business owners, everyone is willing to come together and make it happen for the county. It is not the same in other counties that that border us. I mentioned this before, um, but I always had like kind of like a set list of questions. And one of them was, what do you love about St. Charles or what makes St. Charles special or why are you here? And that is it. And that was the same answer every time I had to stop asking not because, I mean, it's interesting, but, I mean, it was literally the same answer. It's the support. It's the community. It's the I just don't people. think that other people outside of, the, uh, outside of our county understand the dynamic that's happening here. I don't think so either because, I mean, if you, if you look at outside, I feel like we kind of get looked down on, especially by, like, St. Louis County. I think so, too. Um, as, like, the little, well, it's St. Charles. And right. There's a lot of stereotypes. Yeah. yeah, a lot of stereotypes out here. But you're right. I mean, it's that thing of it's – you almost can't put your finger on it of like, it just feels different here. Um, and people want, if you get in the right group, if you put yourself in the right people around the right people, they want you to succeed. 100%. They, they want you to be, it is a very build you up type of environment. Yeah. I mean, take, take 
you know, Boy Angel, which I just love the name, by the way. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you're going to escape that. Um, but, you know, I put out a call for sponsors or help with this podcast. And it was like, hey, let's like, he, I'm excited about this. He's excited yeah. about this. I don't know why he's excited, but I'm excited, you know, but it's like, let's, let's build each other up. Let's right. do this and let's, let's elevate you. Let's elevate you. And there's you abundance and, for everybody, right? And as we all rise, the, you know, the, the money comes. The lowest the, ship. What's the saying? High tide all rises tides all. tides rise, as do all ships. I don't know. You'd have to Google it. Yeah. I'm not a wordsmith. Something about ships. Yeah. Ships, ship. tides, rising. Yeah. It's all. That. Yeah, it's all relevant, relative. Um, okay, so you're splitting off into chapters, and you said you made a lot of mistakes, and I don't want to sit here and hone in on the mistakes, but, uh, I mean, I imagine as you replicate and duplicate systems, stuff gets lost in translation, mm-hmm. here's how we do this or whatever, what like what group number was it on before you were like, okay, we got to figure this out, or, yeah. or did you get it figured out at what? Um, so we did, we lost two chapters in oh. that whole unmanaged growth is what it was so we experienced unmanaged growth and it was back in the time when facebook would push information to everybody and anybody right so we had a um chapter in effingham illinois okay these ladies came and they said we need this we we want this the same thing happened in Washington, Missouri. So we had two chapters that failed. The reason they failed was not the people in those locations because those ladies are great, and I'd go back there in a second. It was because as a business owner, I did not have the system in place. I did not have personnel in place. I did not have the support in place to make sure that those outlier locations that I could not be at every single day succeeded. So that's the difference between then and now is that now we've got the system and the support and the personnel in place to make sure if you want to bring this to your community, we got you. Yeah. We like we have we already have the system in place. It is a proven we have a proven track record at this point of how we can make meaningful connections for business owners, how we can invest in business owners and develop their business how we can impact the community through nonprofit and charity and community service we have a track record there we know how to do it we can help you do it let us do it was that kind of when those two chapters folded or whatever happened was that like was that the wake-up call to get those systems in place and to do those things that was like the spiraling of i can't do this what am i who am I? Who do I think I am? You're going back to those like meetings where no of, one showed all up. All of the limiting beliefs sure. and all of the self doubt and uh, like those were dark times. It was, it was years ago, 2015 maybe. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, but yeah, like that was. Those were the times where I spiraled into. I don't know what I think I'm doing here, but just like I was able to go back and back to Panera Bread over mm-hmm. and over and over again, I said, we're going to keep doing this. Like, we're going to keep forging forward. This is heartbreaking for sure. And I take it personally, even though, you know, specifically one of the group of ladies said, do not take this personally. Well, how can you not? I, I can't take, I can't not take this personally. Yeah. But it was just a, it was just a step in the, in the growth experience. 
A rising tide raises all ships. Ah, did you Google it or did you just did think I of Google it? Google it. <laughs> You're just looking at me. I know, I know I'm looking at you, but <laughs> came in my ear. Um, so <laughs> Angel's like, I knew it. What um like did you have to hire someone? How did you so you you see that you have a problem, mm-hmm. right, or an issue? Yeah. Right. You have to hire someone or yeah. did you okay. I did. Was like, that your my, first employee? My hardest hire ever. Was uh, Kimberly Rupert, and okay. she's my right hand man woman. Okay. <laughs> uh, she's the fixer. Okay. I hired her in 2015 or 16, and she's a virtual assistant, and she is badass. Do you know Kimberly? I don't. Oh, she's, she's still with LBB? Yes. Okay. Um, my commitment to her as a business professional was four hours a month at $25 an hour. Okay. So I was committing $100 a month for her to be my virtual assistant. And I was, my pants. Like, it was really scary to do sure. that because I was not paying myself $100 a month. It was just bleeding money. Yeah. Just bleed, just trying to make it work. Yeah. That, that turned the entire thing around. Having that support person on my team who was invested in my success and taking those things off of my plate and putting them onto hers changed everything. Yeah. It changed everything. And then from there, you were able to replicate your process and see. Yes, we were were able to identify. Well, listen, when I brought her on, I didn't even know how many members I had, what their renewal date was. Oh, wow. I'm a membership-driven organization. I didn't know. Like, I'm trying to decide at the time, do I full-time event plan for municipalities? Do I have this membership? Like, I was in a state of flux myself. Well, I think for the, I think for the type of person you are, that's not a natural skill because it's not for me. No, I'm a creative. Yeah. I am a detail-oriented person. But on stuff I, that you want to do. Yes. On stuff that you like. Right. Yeah, if you're doing a project, it, it, and it's going to be. And if I'm invested in it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. when it comes to the Burbash to benefit Toys for Tots, I'm going to be on every detail. Good because segue. Because it's important to me. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, but Kimberly was my first hire. And then from there, it just, I mean, that was the piece. That sounds was, like. That was the piece. And so now I employ six people. And some of those people are counting on me to their bills right sure. so this 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 little project of mine has got to work <laughs> well i mean you're you're 10 years in celebrating 10 years yes. this year yeah, right i am and you mentioned um burbash you mentioned charities nonprofits. so i want to kind of get into that uh because you know you can measure success a lot of ways and we've talked about money talked about free time uh but i mean you are extremely charitable and that's something that you can tell is you're passionate about and that's important to you it is um so the burbash is an event that happens every year it does let's talk about that and that's your is that your main that's your main fundraiser main event it is so it's our it's our biggest give back of the year it's our it's our end of the year gala um so let me give you can i break down the history for you please i'm gonna break it down yeah so in 2011 my now ex-husband and I had a party, uh, a holiday party. We said, we are so fortunate. Why don't we invite all of our friends to bring a toy? Because there are so many people that are less fortunate. Like Our children have never wanted for anything. So we did that. And um, 
that's the year we collected like 40 toys. I took them down to the Toys for Tots distribution center. They filled up like a, a rolly bin. I'm like, yes, you're yeah. going to knock me off my cloud because, look, I filled up this whole rolly yeah. bin with toys. Um, so the following year, Little Black Book was established. So we said, "Why I'm going to translate this to the organization. So I put a request in through the local Marine Brigade, and I said, I'm going to have this event. Yes, I would like representation. So we had... So moving it to like an official... Yeah, so we had we had a small event at a local winery. It's a ladies' night out. Everybody bring a toy. Four Marines showed up. And let me tell you something. They showed up under false pretenses, for sure, <laughs> because they're like, ooh, women's group uh, will be there. Um, but it really did kickstart the whole process because after that December, the following spring, the master sergeant that was stationed in, in Bridgeton called me and he said, I'd like to take you to lunch because I'd like to see your group do a large scale event to benefit Toys for Tots because we really do think that the western side of St. Charles County and beyond into Warren and Lincoln counties, we're not getting the donations that we need from those areas, but we think that you can do a successful yeah. event and bring those toys in. Hmm. I'm on it. So um, so we, we had those discussions, and I would put together business plans for him, and I would show it to him, and he's like, yeah, this is great. Like, I didn't know at the time he didn't give a he, shit. Right, right, yeah, he just do it. Care. Just stop, yeah. Um, but I, I did it, and he's like, you need, you need press. You need to have radio press. You need to have print press. He said, are you engaged with the um, elected officials in your municipality because you need to have them there? And I'm like, I can do all of these things. But I was not engaged with any of those people at all. I didn't even know where to start. So um, Tom Hannigan really was my first place to start. My friend Jeannie. Mm-hmm who's been at my side for a long time, and she was selling advertising for Streetscape Magazine at the time. So she really was my connection to say, contact this person for radio, contact this person for, you know, local print media. And then I just marched my happy ass right on into the mayor's office and said, this is who I am and what I'm doing, and I'd really like for you to be there. And will you have a collection bin right here in, in at City Hall? Was said, it? Who was Nick it at the Guccione time? Okay. In, in Wentzville. He's like, yeah, I'm happy to support. So um, it really was that transition from happy-go-lucky, we're going to just donate these toys to that master sergeant saying, hey, I'm tapping you to make this happen. Is it that thing of like someone, not that you definitely believed in yourself. Uh, that's very clear. But, you know, sometimes even when we believe in ourselves, you still have that little thing on your shoulder saying like you're not good enough or whatever. So, so I don't know. So here's the thing, Ed, it wasn't any of that. I don't even know that I was going to run down the lane of toys for tots until I got tapped to do so. Okay. Right. Like I think that this could have been a nice little annual event, but the fact that I was tapped and said, you know, I think we need you to do this. Yeah. And this is what I need you to do. That's what really propelled me into, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this guy proud. I'm going to make the local brigade proud. I'm going to do what they've asked me to do to get these collections in western St. Charles County. 
um, because his whole purpose was, look, we have these collections in St. Charles, but if you're in Wentzville, Warrenton, Troy, anywhere, not coming out there. Yeah. it's a day trip for yeah, these people. Right. So can you provide, <laughs> you know, access for those people to donate toys to us? And so the Burbash now is in its what? This will be its 10th year, 10th year. this December. Okay, awesome. And then do you have details on it, like location, time, all that stuff? Do you already? Oh, wow, are okay. you kidding? I have details for next year, Ed. Okay, so tell us about it. Where Where is it? What can people this, expect? This year's and, event is going to be held on December the 9th. It's a Friday night, 6 to 10. It's at Orlando Gardens in Maryland Heights. Okay. Um, the theme is the magic of the holidays. And if you think that we're not going to go overboard on our 10th anniversary, you're crazy. Okay. So tell me about that because I haven't been and I, I know, I, know. And I really, so I really, it's different than other galas because we are not a nonprofit organization. Right. So we don't engage in a lot of fundraising activity at the gala. And this year, I think there's probably, which is almost none, which is good. I mean, Love doing that stuff, right? But it is, you know, sometimes being in a position that you are in and I am in, it is it is a lot sometimes. Oh, uh, sure. To like right. go to the Scala and also here's a silent auction and here's yeah. some 50-50 tickets in here. Yeah. And those are all good things. Those are all good things, I'm saying. But there but. was a time, so we're going to digress. There was a time when it was on my bucket list, so to speak, my goal list to be on the gala circuit. And I was there and I was at everything. I love all of them. Yeah. Um, but it's exhausting. And so my partner, Joe, finally said, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I can't, I know you like being on the gala circuit, but I can't do this anymore. Like, it's this is exhausting. Yeah. So it is, it is my thing and not his. But so our gala extravaganza is really more of a celebration, right? We engage with over 120 local businesses who collect toys on our behalf. And we bring them all in at one location. And just... Being in the room with all of those toys, which are beautiful. They're beautiful to look at, right? They're in the, the beautiful Toys for Tots boxes, and they look great, and it's awesome. We just celebrate. We party. There's um, production numbers. Can the, an, can the CEO party? Right? <laughs> yes, it's a fine line. Yeah, it is a fine line. That is a night that the CEO will party. <laughs> but afterward. Yeah. Now, how can – so you mentioned, like, draw, like – uh, like drop locations, mm-hmm. how can a business be a, a drop location? And do you, I assume you need more and want more? Of course. So we're interested it's in in engaging with anyone who would like to host a toy collection box on our behalf. We do ask that they collect a minimum of 100 toys. But if they're smart and they're business savvy about it, they use it. Everybody knows who toys for, they. everybody knows what the toys for touch. Sure. So, if you can use it as a driver of people in your business, then you're a big winner. And I'm going to cite my biggest winner every year. It's Dunn's Florist. It's a local, um, independently owned florist in downtown Wentzville. They have a box every year. They put a little ad in the local newspaper that says, if you bring in a toy, you get X percent off your holiday centerpiece or your, you know, your whatnot. And people come in all the time and bring a toy. They bring a $5 bear in. They get 10% off. It's it's a a promotional tool for them, right? They use it in the right way. So any business that's interested in getting people into their doors, it's a very easy way. 
for them to leverage this promotion to get people into their place of business. I thought for sure you were going to say the biggest contributor is, you know, a big business or someone that, you know, a recognizable name that everyone heard of, but no, a little florist shop in Wentzville. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they understand the value of, Hey, we're giving back everything that we collect stays in our region here. Mm -hmm. And I know you want to, you're coming in here to buy a fancy centerpiece for your Thanksgiving table anyway. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like 20% off of that? Yeah. And it may get some new people in the door too as well. So um, let's talk about, you said your goal was to hit, to break what, 50,000 lifetime yeah, toys? Well, we, we've broken 50,000 already. So okay. we will, um, I should give you the real numbers. I should be prepared <laughs> with that. It's okay. Our goal this, this year. This is a fly by the seat thing. Our goal this year is 10,000. 10,000 this year. 10,000 okay. will fill up a semi truck. Okay. A full. And is that semi truck on, like, is that on site? Yeah. So last year we had the, um, the beautiful Coca-Cola Santa truck. Oh, cool. Do you remember those commercials? Uh-huh. Santa oh, yeah. trucks are coming. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. All lit up. Gorgeous. So people actually bring the collection to the Burbash. The, it's all brought in advance. Okay. Let's see you were there. Um, everything is staged. So when our guests walk in, everything is just a toy wonderland. Oh, it's gorgeous. Okay. okay. But there is a part in the celebration where all of our guests are invited to help us move all of these toys from the you know from the gala mm-hmm. from the dance floor to the truck and then the truck takes it directly to the toys for tots distribution center it's like out of a hallmark movie which we brought up again can you help me two times happen i mean i think you have connections in the film industry you and i could be podcast buddies in a hallmark movie okay what would our names be (laughs) i have not i've seen zero hallmark movies your name needs to be nick Okay. Or Chris. Okay. Oh, yeah, like a Christmas are, thing. Yeah, and I can keep Angel. Yeah, that Angel, way, that fits. If anybody's playing the Hallmark drinking game, they can. Oh, is there, is that exist? Angel, Angel, boy Angel can be like a helper, or like an elf? Yes. Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Let's tell people where they can find out info on Little Black Book and Burbash and anything else you want to plug. You can find more information on a Little Black Book at womenoflbb.com. There's information out there about our chapters, about our business development, about our charitable initiatives, all the information's out there. We also have a public Facebook page at Women of LBB and an Instagram page at Women of Little Black Book. Thank you so much for coming to hang out and uh, look forward to many more conversations like this off mic. Awesome. Yeah, same here. Thanks so much, Ed. Appreciate it.